0: Praise the Lord everybody. this is Brother JW. Brand here at God's whole word. Amen. And I am glad to be with you here on this Tuesday afternoon and uh, uh, we were not able to do the podcast on Friday, but uh, y'all got plenty in the archive that you could look at. Uh, I'm not minimizing this or any way, in any way, shape or form. But you know, sometimes there's things that uh, uh, you got to do, and uh, uh, so uh, from time to time there may not be a recording. But I'm going to do my best to uh, get it done on Tuesdays and Fridays, and um, and we'll we'll go from there. But I'm I'm glad to be here with you. I'm glad to be here to share the Word of God with you because God's Word is what gives us uh, an understanding about the Lord and uh peter said it well when he said that god will give us everything for life and godliness and that is so very true now we uh, you know have been looking at and so you know there's some folks that just really bent out of shape uh because i've been talking for so long about this issue of the things that god hates You know, there's some people that just don't want to hear it. They don't want to know what God hates. They want to stay blinded to what uh, the whole word of God says, but it does say that God hates some things. And we need to find out what God hates. And do you know that the Bible even talks about uh, those that uh, have wisdom, they learn to hate certain things, you know, uh, now, that don't mean that we uh, hate the sinner. We certainly have got to love our enemies. We've got to love those that need to be saved. And those that get saved, you got to love them too. And we've even got to pray for our enemy. But, you know, the Bible says that we, uh, we, we learn wisdom. We gain wisdom from learning uh, what God hates and, and to hate the very things he hates. Do you love sin? Is that the problem? You see, that's where this really comes from, and I believe that that's the reason why the Holy Ghost has just led me to just keep on keeping on for a while about the things that God hates. Because so many people, you're just so comfortable in your sin that uh, we need to look at what God says. And if it doesn't, you know, if your walk with God doesn't line up uh, with His Word, then you've got to go back to the beginning. You know, there's some folks that say, I, I don't, want you, don't know what you mean. Well, if you didn't truly repent, you, you've got to get back to the beginning and, and do exactly that. Start uh, from fresh from the beginning and repent of your sins. We've all got to do that. We've all sinned to come short of the glory of God, and we've got to repent. And so the six things that the Lord hates, verses 16 through 19 in chapter 6 of the book of Proverbs. And we have been camping out. Now, you know, there was a few along the way. If you look at all the archives, we've we've been in this chapter and in these few verses for quite a while now, and we we still are not done. But we've been camping out for quite a while on verse 18 that says, In heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Does our heart devise or plan out evil and wicked imaginations? you got... Imaginations, thoughts, plans, ideas, ideologies. You see, God is going to tell us that if it doesn't line up with Him and His Word, then we're not to go there. And so, as we finish up, and I thought that I was going to be finished, uh, you know, last Friday, and then, if, or not last Friday, but uh, excuse me, last, last Tuesday thought that i was going to be finished up with this particular verse or portion of the verse uh, and moving on to the next um, part of that verse which is feet that's uh, be swift to uh, in running to mischief Now i don't know if y'all hear that but that's an airplane going by we are in a uh air uh path airplane path uh in any event and i don't know if y'all hear that but if you do that's what that is so um. anyway we've been just camping out here and we've been talking about these things and like I said I thought last Friday I might be done with uh, this part and moving on to the next portion of that verse but um, uh, you know I had every intention of coming uh, this last Friday to give you what I want to give today for this portion Uh, so we are going to do it today Uh, but but uh, and then we will move on uh, by the help of the Holy Ghost we'll be moving on uh, starting next Friday feet that be swift in running to mischief we'll start on talking about those things because all of these things are things that God hates and so when I was looking at uh, verse 18 and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations uh, the Holy Ghost led me Uh, to Galatians chapter 6. Now, I would uh, like to invite you to go, if you will, to Galatians chapter 6, or excuse me, not chapter 6, it's chapter 5, excuse me. Um, I was studying chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians today, so I got myself a little mixed up there. Uh, But anyway, um, we're going to go to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to look at, Some passage of scripture here that the Holy Ghost led to 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 my attention and wanting to uh, bring this uh, about because uh, where we see in uh, Proverbs chapter six and verse eighteen, you know where it's talking about the things that God hates, and we're looking uh, at this uh, particular part of that. Uh, You know, uh, people that. Devise wicked imaginations. And, and you know, I, I, I think maybe too, part of some people's uh, frustration uh, that may listen to this, they say, Well, I don't know why you spend so much time on there because, you know, we're Christians and we don't do. Oh, is that right? Well, I have ran across many, many Christ, so called Christians, people that claim to follow Jesus. And uh, they do not follow uh, what God's Word says many, many times. And you can find that when there's certain things that God hates, and they are doing them, and if you, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to say it this way. As having uh, pastored a church up in Washington, there were times and situations where I had to literally confront people. Uh, because being in the church and having, um, you know, for instance, there was a young lady. uh, I had to confront her because of something that was brought to my attention, uh, and she happened to be in the choir that we had. And uh, when I had spoke to her, um, you know, before she joined the choir, she had a beautiful voice and and wanted to be in the choir, and I said, well, that's great. That's wonderful. I said, but, uh, you know, Uh, to be in the choir there's um you know there's certain uh things that must be followed and obeyed because it's a ministry to the church and so long story short um i laid those things out and one of those things were uh that uh, any choir members uh, should not ever be caught um you know using foul language and um you know any and when I say caught, I mean shouldn't be caught because they shouldn't be doing it. Uh, but any any event, this young lady was caught really uh, cursing somebody up one side and down the other where she happened to be at, and somebody um, saw it and heard it and reported it back. Now some people say, oh, that's gossip. No, the Bible talks about things. Uh, needing to be said out of two or three witnesses, a very viable witness, not just, just somebody that maybe is out to get somebody or whatever. Uh, but, um, but no, uh, this, it was um, brought to light, and uh, I went to her and I sat her down and I said, you know, uh, remember what we talked about prior to you joining the choir. I shouldn't have been in the choir a real long time, and uh, I said, you know, you you said that you wanted to be a part of this church, and then you said you wanted to be part of this choir. And I said, and I, you know, we are a church that believes in holiness, and we don't just believe in outward holiness, but we believe in inward holiness. And I said, and you know, uh, we can't be, um, you know, the Bible talks about. It's not the food that you eat that creates the, the sin problem, per se, what's going in the mouth, in other words, but it's what's coming out because it's what's coming out of the heart. And I confronted her about what I heard. She actually, uh, you know, pretty much validated, yes, it's true. Um, and I so I proceeded to uh, tell her, I said, well, you're going to have to, step down under the choir for a bit of time um, because if I don't do that, and other people are going to look and they're going to think that I'm just in agreement with this um, kind of behavior. And I said, no, I can't do that. So uh, I, I literally had people that were um, upset with me that literally called me on the phone and told me that what was I doing removing her from the choir and uh, this was somebody you know that um, well we had a, a few words uh, I kept it holy uh, but I was not going to bend and I said to this person I said first of all I said you you've not been called to pastor this church have you and uh you know, you, you have to let people know, look, when God calls you, God's going God's to gonna give you instruction. God's going to give you guidance. God's going to uh, let you know uh, where you stand and where you walk. And that's that's the thing, you know, when people are not doing the things that please the Lord and they're comfortable in their sin, when you go to say something, when you go to, point something out and some people say oh you ain't got no business pointing out no that's not true that's not true i can find many many scriptures that let you to know that uh, there are those that are called uh to to um you know uh, take care of the church to make sure there's certain things that are and not brought into the church. There's certain sins that cannot, you know, I mean, sin. Period. Not just certain sins, but but sin. That sin is uh, uh, removed from the church and kept from the church, and and you've got to keep uh, things in on the right road and on the right path. And um, so, but there are people that just they don't want to hear that. They feel like that you are, you know, wanting to control and all this kind of thing. It has nothing to do with wanting to control. It's simply because you have this desire and heart to obey what God has said about uh, leading the church. And leading the church in a proper and right way. Uh, And you certainly cannot condone sin in the church if you... uh, have it in mind to go to the book of corinthians you find that they dealt with things within the church and you can't uh, as a pastor or leader just just let things fall by the wayside and just continue on and on and on and on and not deal with it because um that is not going to work uh, now i will say sometimes it means that people leave you know that young sister she uh ended up leaving and she wanted to go to a different church and she had made up her mind; she was going to go to a church that didn't have the guidelines that we had and the boundaries that were set within the church. Um, but you know, the boundaries are set by God's word. God gives instruction through the word of God, and a lot of people say, "Well, you know, those were those were things that were you know too old to be setting uh, setting yourself." Uh, in that direction nowadays. Oh, no, no, no. No, the Word of God is timeless. It's absolutely timeless. And so uh, what God... Now, there are certain things that we understand. There there may be uh, adjustments simply because of the times we live in. Because, you know, uh, I'll give you, for instance, television. You know, the Apostle Paul didn't have any... or any of them. Any mind or thought of, of anything called a television... Uh, and what it might bring about. Um, but, you know, when you move forward into the dispensation or time, period of time that we are in now, and still still, the church is here on the earth, just as it was in the early days. The Apostle Paul talked about the Christians not going and being uh, ones that were uh, sitting in the Colosseums, basically, and watching... Uh, basically prisoners that would come out and be literally torn to bits by wild animals you know people would go and be spectators to these type of things but the apostle paul made it clear this is not something that christians should be doing and so with that said it is no different with that thing i call a one-eyed demon i know a lot of people don't like that but that's what i call the television i call it a one-eyed demon now I know that probably the majority of people, even apostolic Pentecostals have uh, televisions in their home. So what I'm going to say about that as I've said over the pulpit, I'll say here on the podcast is uh, you know if, if you've got one of those in your house and I myself I've got one, uh, if you've got one you better control it and you better control it according to God's word. Because if you are sitting there being entertained by bloody gore and murder, and I'm going to say that because uh, the wicked evil holiday called Halloween is upon us, and yes, you heard what I said. I don't believe not one Christian, not one, not one should be celebrating Halloween. Now, that's, you know, some people not going to like hearing that neither. But it is no doubt, you can look at it, you can be very, very uh, blind if you want. But it don't take very long at all to go down the aisles where these masks are and all the things, the costumes and different things. And you can see the wickedness that's being played out with this holiday. And uh, I remember there was a... Uh, he was a, well, he was not an old man, but he was a, not a young man either, but he used to be the um, one of the leaders in the Satanist church. And somebody began to witness to him, and he was uh, baptized with the Holy Ghost, and baptized in Jesus' name. His life turned around, and God called him to preach. And uh, he came to the Pentecostal church that I was at at the time many years ago, and uh, he began to talk and to testify about uh, the things that uh, he saw, and that he dealt with, and that he even was involved with, uh, from where he came from, and he began to tell about, uh, been began to talk about holidays really, for a moment, and he said, but he says, you know, all almost all the holidays seems like they've been redeemed in one way or another. In other words, Easter it was a pagan religion. That's true uh in and of itself when you factor in the rabbits and the eggs and you know all that kind of thing uh have pagan paganistic roots and so you want to be careful with what you allow uh to be uh, placed into your um celebration of easter uh or if you call it um something else you know some people um want to call it Passover you know Christian Passover and that's fine too Uh, but in any event uh, he was talking about the different holidays and he said you know like Easter he said we've been able to take uh, that and and literally incorporate the risen Christ into it and even with the um, you know the eggs I've heard some people say you know it's uh, you can look at um, all the things of God You know, there's an egg. It's whole. You've got the shell, and you've got the white, and you've got the yolk. And so it's three in one, but it's all the egg. Uh, I've heard some people uh, speak about it in that manner. But um, when you remove the yolk, uh, the egg is still the egg. When you remove the white, you know, you could call it egg whites. You could call it egg yolk. You could call it the egg shell. But it's all a part of just one God. Uh, Now, of course, the Trinitarians, they got their own way of twisting it, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, So anyway, he began to talk about how that, uh, you know, every pretty much major holiday has been uh, able to be redeemed, so to speak. You know, we got Christmas. Well, there's a lot of paganistic things attached to To that, going to be careful. We we never taught our children that there was a Santa. We matter of fact, we were very clear and told them there were not. Uh, uh, We did not um, go down that road. We were, um, you know, very clear to let them know where the gifts came from and that we exchanged the gifts one to another, uh, caring and loving about one another, Um, you know. And um, there's some people that may uh, feel uncomfortable even having a Christmas tree. There's some i have known some apostolics uh, that are uncomfortable with that um and then uh of course uh then there's others who will but i will just say with that as well you need to be careful i wouldn't be telling children the the lie that's told about santa i wouldn't be going around saying oh there's reindeer that fly and there's a, a big fat man in a red suit that comes down the chimney and all those lies Because that's what they are. And the Bible makes it very clear. All liars have their part in the lake of fire. So you really don't want to instill a lie into your child and then turn around and say, oh, you know, all liars go to hell. Well, aren't you talking out of both sides of your mouth? You need to be careful what you do. But he said the one holiday that never, ever seemed to be redeemed. You say, well, you know, it started. There's people that will try to justify why they do it, why they celebrate Halloween. And some will say, well, you know, uh, there's, you know, really the, the, the name of it was All, All Hallows' Eve. And, it, you know, Christians, they used to believe that the costumes would, would ward off the evil spirits. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If any Christian has any idea whatsoever that a costume is going to ward off an evil spirit, I'm going to tell you what you're not right with God. You're not right with God. You're going to have to repent of that nonsense. I mean, there's a lot of that nonsense down in the South where I live. All this bunch of nonsense. I remember hearing uh, the other day we were watching, you know, and when I call it a one eyed demon, I'm going to tell you what, you better control that thing if you're going to have it in your house. If you can't control what you're watching on that one eyed demon, the television, then what you need to do is get rid of it. Now, with that said, if you can control it and keep things off of it that you really should not have any part to do with, being entertained by, uh, you know, there's all kinds of shows coming up in the month of October that glorify death and murder and all this, you, you know, horrible stuff. You know, uh, horror movies, as they call them, and that kind of thing. Christians have no business being a part of that. If you're going to really serve God and you're going to really be full of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost is not going to... If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you yourself would not be comfortable sitting there watching it because you're full of the Holy Ghost. You There was no, would be no room to, to be entertained by that. You wouldn't feel comfortable at all. Now, if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost but you didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost, I can understand why you made room for, for the sin. Hmm? You say, well, what do you mean? What are you calling it sin for? Because if they're going to glorify murder... That's sin. Murder comes from the flesh. Oh, it's a work of the flesh, and we're going to look at that in a minute. And a lot of these uh, movies, you know, Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, I do know the names of these. I've never watched that movie. Never going to. Um, the Exorcist. I've never watched it. and Never going to. But people have. But Christians have no business. I mean, even in the world, when I, you know, I backslid in it, and, and I just could not bring myself to that because, because uh, I knew that that was just flat out wicked, and I didn't, I didn't want to have anything to do with that. You say, well, good for you, Mister Goody Two Shoes, or whatever you want to call me. I don't care what you call me. Anyway, I, it makes no difference to me. Uh, but you know, if you're going to live for God, then. I mean, why call yourself a Christian? Why why do you even say you follow the Lord if you're not going to follow him? Why say you follow the Lord and you ain't going to follow his word? I mean, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's like talking out of both sides of your mouth. Now, we are going to talk about that here in a minute, but but this uh, you know this uh, man, I don't remember his name. It was many, many years ago. Actually, I was in my 20s when I heard this preacher preaching at the church. And he came to preach a revival. And so that's been about 40 years ago. Well, close to it, almost. Not quite. Maybe about 35 years ago. And, uh, you know, he had come from that. He was, a, like I said, he was a, a, a like a priest in there, uh, one of the uh, leaders of the Satanist church. And God got a hold of him. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. God can get a hold of anybody. I mean, anybody that's listening, that you are a Christian, I'm going to tell you what, there is hope for anybody. Now, I've said to y'all, I've talked to you, uh, how I've come from the gay agenda, pulling away from those things, as the Lord says, to come out from among them and be separate and all that. And, you know, and I've talked in depth about uh, different things concerning that. But, listen, God can do anything with anybody, but you've got to put your faith and trust in God. Believe when you're going to get down on your knees. And I'll tell you what, I go go to my knees every day praying for our children because we've got nine, well, one of them died, so we've got eight left. And uh, one of them died last year. I've talked to you all about that, and um, it's been about a year now, well, a little over a year now. Um, But there's eight left. Now, I can't help that my son died in sin i can't go back and change it if you got a child that died in sin listen you can't go back and change it you can't you can't make choices for those that have the mind and ability to make the choices you say well you know how can you say that your son had the mind and ability whenever he was locked up in drugs well because he had a choice to do drugs or not do drugs And I had raised him and taught him to stay away from him. But see, we can raise our children and and, uh, they're going to make a choice. You say, well, you know, the Bible says uh, raise a child in the way they should go and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you where that, if you look at where that comes from, it is coming from the book of Proverbs. And what the book of Proverbs is saying to us is that if you look at each of the Proverbs, the basic uh, law of order, so to speak, if, if I can use that term, is that if you apply these things, that this is what can come about. And so it doesn't remove the fact, though, that they can still grow up and make their own choices. And some of them may grow up and make the choice not to serve God. Even if you've done your best and you have, you know, put the word of God in their hearts, you have done everything that you could possibly do, praying for them and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and teaching them about the word of God. You do your part and and then you leave it in God's hands. But you have to remember as well, God is not going to run over anybody. He's not going to force anybody to serve him because we would be robots. We would not literally be worshiping God from our heart. And that's not what God wants. God wants people that are going to worship him from all, all, with all of their heart. And you say, well, you don't sound like you're upset or you don't sound like you're depressed that your son died well you have no idea what I've went through I, I'm where I am now God has helped me as a matter of fact uh, as it was getting closer to the one year anniversary of my son's death I went into a very deep and heavy um, burdensome time it was a very um, depressing time and uh I had to face the fact that my son died in a sense. And I had kind of pushed it away for a while. And I finally had to face it. And I'm going to tell you what, it has been a real rough, rough time. But God has brought me out on the other side. He held my hand while I went through that. And God can do the same for you, God can help you get through. He really can, even if your child has done something terrible. Um, You know, I I don't mince no words. I tell people about one of my other sons that's sitting in prison. And, uh, you know, he came to us very late in life, very, very late. We did uh, foster care and adopted some children and so on. But he was a foster child that came to us. Uh, quite late, he he was in his late teens, and and I tried my best to reach him and talk to him and tell him about the Lord, and um, but he went on his way and he made a choice that now has landed him in prison for many years, and so the Lord put it on my heart to to keep um, keep contact with him, you know. And, and and remember what the Lord said about those in prison and so on and so forth. And so, uh, you know, I can't call him, but he can call here, and he does on a regular basis. And I talk to him about the Lord. I talk to him about getting right with God and being saved. And and, 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 and also just, just letting him know I love him and talking to him about his day and what he's doing and that kind of thing. And uh, just sometimes just a moment of encouragement because sometimes he's discouraged and and that kind of thing. You say, well, he did it to himself. Well, yeah, that's right. But remember that we are called to show the love of God, and so that's what I've endeavored to do. But I guess one thing that I need to say to, and I had no intention on saying this, but talking about what I'm talking about, but I'm going to do it anyhow because I feel pressed to do this. So uh, any of you who you've raised your children and they've fallen maybe to deep depths of sin, number one, don't give up hope. Where there's life, there's hope. Don't give up hope. I've got eight other kids, and I'm praying for God to get a hold of them, and I'm telling you what, I see God moving. I can see things happening. And One of my daughters, she's been calling me, on a regular basis and, and she was one of the most defiant ones and she's began to turn around and i know that it's the holy ghost and she'll be asking me about this scripture and that scripture and telling me she wants to look for a church and she said dad i Dad, i want i want to i want to find a church where they preach like you preached in washington and i was shocked to hear her say that because i don't bite my tongue uh, you know i when i was pastoring and i would uh i i taught holiness and I did not um, mince no words Uh, you know so uh, and at that time many times she would get upset and there was uh, you know times that uh, she would get frustrated but the Lord's turning her around I can see the Lord working in her life and so don't give up hope don't give up hope because where there's life there's hope but the other thing I want to say too is maybe there's no more life such as with one of my sons. And there's no way to change that. There's nothing you can do. There's not anything you can do to change that. And so there has to come a place in time where you accept that it is what it is and continue to focus and reach for those that are still living Focus on your prayers to them because we can't pray nobody out of hell. We can't pray nobody um, out of the depths of torment. And I had to face that. I had to look at that because Jesus talked about it but I'm reminded by the Lord of course as well I don't have a view in hell and I thank God that I don't I mean God don't what I mean by that is I mean some people have visions some people say they've went to hell and come back and all this kind of thing I'm not going to discount that you did or you didn't but I'm just saying um, there are some people um, That maybe we'll have had a vision. I remember that the Lord gave me a vision one time. And I don't know if I was awake or asleep, but it was very, very clear. And it was very, very frightening. And I was hovering above is what I saw. And I looked down and I saw this just... This massive line of people that just kept on going until they were out of my sight. I couldn't see them. But they were at the edge of the flames of fire, the lake of fire. And there were angels above them, and they were being tossed in and screaming as they were getting closer to being tossed in. And... It's something that gave me a burden for those that are still alive. It gave me a burden to reach those that are still here. And you say, well, I don't like what you've said. That makes me uncomfortable. But we're here to preach the whole word of God. And Jesus told of the man that went to hell. And he made it very clear what that man was dealing with. Um, He also talked in that very same passage of Scripture about the the poor man Lazarus. Now, this is not Lazarus that he rose from the dead, but a poor man Lazarus that laid at this rich man's feet, or, well, would be his feet if he walked out his front door, but he was at this man's uh, gate where the man could come and go from his home and see that Lazarus was laying there and poor and in need. And he did nothing. He had no heart to do anything for the one that was alive. And so there are many that are poor and needy, and I'm not talking about just poor as in physically poor. There are those, certainly many, many of those. The Lord said, well, have them with us. But there are those that are poor in spirit. There are those, they may have, all the money in the world um, to buy anything, to jet themselves anywhere. I've, I've listened to stories of people that have been extremely wealthy and took their life because they were not happy, because money don't bring happiness. So, you know, what we really need to do is focus on those that are alive, the here and now, right now. And you say, well, that was my only child. Then begin to focus on your relatives, focus on your neighbors, focus on your city, because there are many, many people that need the Lord. And I do want to say that if you are grieving, I grieve with you. I really do, because I know that it, especially losing a child, is so, so very difficult, it, it You can't really explain it to anybody. It's not... And I say that because both my mother and father died, my grandparents have died on both sides. Um, You know, so I've experienced those things. I've had... um, You know, I've had people in my family that have died in horrible accidents. I've had... uh, My father died of a heart attack at a very young age. So we've had some, you know, where people just died very quickly and instantly and like they were there earlier that day and then then all of a sudden they're not there and those can be really difficult but when a child dies that's your child it it it's a feeling that cannot be explained it's a hurt that can't be explained it just there's no words to it and so, if you are dealing with that, my heart goes out to you. I grieve with you. I will pray with you and for you, um, because I know that's it brings a heavy heart. But listen, the Bible says there's joy in the morning. <laughs> there really, there really is. There's joy in the morning. So don't give up hope. Don't. Whatever you do, don't give up hope. Keep on keeping on, and God will get you through. Now, I don't really know why in the world I went in all that direction, but I keep trying to get back on the path and talk about this man that was uh, one of the head leaders of the Satanist church. And he said, you know, the one holiday that was never redeemed was Halloween. He said it's never been redeemed where you could literally, uh, you know, where where you know like easter so they've integrated uh the risen lord into easter and all that kind of thing and like i said you've got to keep a balance there you've got to be uh, careful about what you're doing don't i wouldn't go overboard into uh the pagan side of things just be really uh, it doesn't mean that child can't have an easter basket or whatever but i would just be uh, you know i wouldn't be telling your child that the easter bunny is going to be coming because you're going to be lying to him uh, you know you can sit and color eggs with the children and you can talk to them uh, about uh, the godhead using the egg you can talk about uh, you know how the lord rose up on sunday morning which is uh, easter is always on a sunday and you could talk about those things and integrate those things into uh, that as well as christmas you know you want to stay away from the lie of santa and and the lie of uh, flying reindeer and and that kind of thing and or little elves running around, uh, you know, all those things. But, uh, you know, you can talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, some people say, well, we're not going to do that because, uh, because you know, we don't know when Jesus was born. Well, no, we don't. And matter of fact, I'll, I'll be real honest with you, when you study the scriptures, there's more of an evidence that he might not have been born in December. But that does not remove the fact that uh, because we do not know, There's nothing wrong with taking the time to set aside uh, a day that we are going to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. Now, some people, they have a problem with that. There's even some apostolic Christians, and other Christians or people who claim to be Christians as well that don't feel comfortable celebrating Christmas. If you feel that way, uh, I certainly respect your beliefs and all of that. Uh, And I don't think that anybody who... Uh, feels otherwise should be um, causing those folks to feel uncomfortable. I, I don't think that's really something the Holy Ghost would want you to be doing. So be mindful of that, be careful of that. Uh, but uh, he said, you know, it's never been redeemed. Halloween never has. And all it's done has gotten worse. There, you know, because even this whole idea that it started as a religious holiday and people try to grasp. That and make people swallow that nonsense. That wasn't even correct either. Uh, And like I said, I was watching a real estate show the other day. I've never even heard of such a thing, but I'm sure people in the South that hear this, they'll know what I'm talking about. But you know, and this is a very intelligent man. You know, he's a he was a lawyer, and uh, him and his wife were going about looking at real estate because we. You know we're very careful what we watch on TV. So sometimes we watch the, where people are, you know, going to be purchasing their home, and they make have to make a choice between several homes, or home remodels, or cooking shows, or History Channel, and just different things. And you got to be careful with the History Channel too, because sometimes they get into things that refute the Word of God. So you want to be careful with that. But um, anyway, so this man and his wife were looking for a house and. And as he came up on the porch and he looked up and he goes, well, all this, the, the, the wood up above, he said, it's all white. It should be painted a certain color blue. And he said, that'll ward off insects, which I don't know that that's true. But uh, then he goes into something else. And he says, it'll also ward off evil spirits. And my head, I look, I said, did he say what I thought he said? And then he repeated it again two or three times. And so, but listen, let me tell you something. Any of y'all in the South, you better hear me. Ain't no blue color. Ain't no, I don't care what you're telling. What, what lie you telling and what lie you believe. There ain't going to be no paint that's going to ward off no evil spirit. Lord, that devil's sitting there laughing his head off at you. Do you know that? Because he knows exactly what it is that's going to cause him to run. And that is you're going to be full of that Holy Ghost and call on the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you what those evil spirits will go running from you. Yes, sir. Amen. That's the truth. But there ain't going to be no paint. Ain't no paint the devil is going to laugh his head off at you. Because the only thing he is going to be afraid of is the blood of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Ain't no blue paint going to run off, no demon the devil nowhere. So you better get that up in your crawl down here in the south. Amen and hallelujah. All right. So, uh, you know, he was saying that not only, he said, I want you to know, he said in the Satanist church, he said, October 31st, he said, like, Easter and Christmas is, you know, the two most prominent holidays for Christians, he said. And probably I would say the most prominent is Easter because, uh, or the Passover, if you want to call it that. Uh, so, because actually if you look up the word Easter that is in the New Testament, you look it up, it actually translates to Passover. And so... Um, you know, the Lord was put to the cross when they were celebrating Passover. You do know and understand that Passover uh, meal was celebrated uh, right before Jesus was arrested. Uh, anyway, so, and that was talking about uh, when the blood passed over or the spirit of death passed over the children of Israel. When and, and the only way that the death angel would pass over if he saw blood upon the doorpost. Uh, that they put and they would sacrifice the lamb and put the blood post blood upon the doorpost of the uh, each of the homes and that death angel would come and pass by because he saw the blood and the same applies to us you, you know that the death angel can't come and take you away if you got the blood of Jesus applied to the doorpost of your heart mm, the devil can't get you you say well my body's gonna die well we know that the Bible tells us that the body's gonna die because of sin but you're not going to experience death at all because the body's going to die, but your spirit, it is going to leave that body because the, the Apostle Paul said, "Without the spirit, the body's dead." You, so your spirit is going to leave. You're going to be just as uh, aware of everything going on, just like you are, but you're just not going to be uh, with that body for a while now. Uh, I say for a while because the Bible talks about celestial and terrestrial bodies the are different uh, between the earthly body and the s- uh, spiritual body. Uh, God will provide. You don't have to be worrying about being a naked spirit running around with no body. God's going to provide. The Bible talks about that. But one day He's going to rise that body up out of the grave, wherever it's at, it don't matter, uh, because God knows who's his, his, who belongs to Him. And He's going to raise that dead body up and He's uh, going to allow uh you to be joined back with your body but you're gonna have a brand new one when it raises back up but don't worry about things god god gonna take care he he take care of business god knows what to do so you know this priest in the satanist church well he was saved sanctified filled with the holy ghost uh, baptized in jesus name baptized with the holy ghost for the evidence of speaking in tongues and uh he said you know that the halloween is the highest holiday for the satanist church and he said and i will just say this he said there's people go missing for a reason he said and sometimes people go missing and other people don't know this missing you know like people that are uh homeless or whatever This uh he said that's all i want to say about that he said but i'm going to tell you what he said uh It is something that is done and it is the most important day to the Satanist church and that is Halloween. And so he said, you know, when he got saved and God filled him with the Holy Ghost, uh, you know, he understood uh, that he had to step away from those things. Now, so I said all of those things and I, like I said, I've said some things I didn't intend on saying, but the Holy Ghost knows what needs to be said. So with that said... We're going to finish this up talking about the things that God hate, hates. And then we'll be moving on uh, by the help and grace of God. We're going to be moving on uh, next Friday talking about uh, the next uh, thing on the list that God hates. And uh, you say, well, ain't we ever going to get through that? Oh, yeah, we're going, we going to get through it, but we won't get through it. That's the thing. We want to we wanna look at what God's Word says, and then, then we'll get on through. And so by next Friday may the Lord help us and we will be looking at feet uh, that be swift in running to mischief we'll be talking about that and that is uh, something that God hates as well but I want you to go to Galatians uh, chapter 5 the book of Galatians chapter 5 and I encourage anybody that follows this ministry to get yourself a King James Version Bible because that is the one that I use on the podcast God's Old Word as well as in the preaching. We have a preaching ministry. Um, and it is called the Eunuch Preacher. And that word Eunuch is spelled E-U-N-U-C-H. That's capital E-U-N-C-H. The Eunuch Preacher. And it's done by J.W. Brand. That's myself. And um, so, uh, you know, I, when I've, I've preached. And and we've talked about some of these things. Now, uh, verse I would like you to go to uh, Galatians chapter 5 I don't know what I was going to say too Uh, if you find that uh, you can google the eunuch preacher and if you find that we have Wednesday night Bible studies they are pre-recorded and then downloaded Uh, Brother Vernon is so good about getting all those things done for us and then uh, on Saturday we have our Sabbath worship services and uh, there's singing and Uh, You know, lots of Holy Ghost filled singing and all that kind of thing. You know, we could uh, go down that old time uh, way—the songs, the old time songs—and singing the old time Pentecostal Apostolic songs—and and and, uh, and then preach a message to reach the lost. And so, I encourage you to look at that. But whenever I preach there and I teach on Wednesday nights, I'm using the King James Version Bible as well as in this podcast. Now, it's not that I don't have. Of the bibles here in this office and which is, is my office slash podcast room i have several different bibles i even have a torah uh i've got uh, just several several different things here um uh, looking at different things and uh, studying different things uh But I do stay away from one particular one. I encourage people to absolutely, completely keep your hand away from the Living Bible because it is not a Bible per se. It is just something like a written story uh, that people put their own thoughts and ideas mixed in there. So you've got to be really careful with that kind of stuff. Uh, In any event, uh, I don't look at the New King James Version either. There's a difference between the King James Version and the New King James Version i don't use the new king james version all right so with that said uh we've looked at what we have been studying and i'm uh, praying that this is going to be the last that we'll be looking at this and we can move on to the feet that uh, are swift to run um into mischief we'll be looking at that coming friday this coming friday but i want to finish this up you know people they plan things they got ideas and they got mindsets about things but what we need to do as Christians we need to look at what the flesh uh, is going to do what what is that flesh going to do because that flesh is the enemy of God don't you know that's what the bible says now let's look at chapter 5 of the book of Galatians in verses 16 uh, through 21. It says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you walk in the Spirit, and, and, and if you're walking in the Spirit, that would mean that you have to be full of the Spirit. You cannot walk in the Spirit if you are not full of the Spirit because there's room for other things. And that becomes a wide road. God gives us a narrow road to walk down. And uh, so we need to be mindful of staying full of the Holy Ghost. And you know the book of Jude, uh, I think it's verse 20, and it says, uh, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so you can uh, know beyond a shadow of a doubt through study of god's word that uh, prayer and praying in the spirit is an essential part of walking in the spirit and so he said then i say uh, walk in the spirit verse 16 and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh you won't desire to do that you're not going to want to go plan wicked and evil imaginations out of your heart because you're not going to be walking after the flesh because you're going to be full of the Spirit. But if you're not full, and I'm going to say this too, some of you may be watching and say, well, I got the Spirit when I, when I met Jesus. No, you did not. Unless you were baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you did not receive the Spirit. Now, I know there's preachers out there that are going to lie right out of their teeth. And and to them, it's not a lie. Because they believe that. And they will tell you, oh, you know, tongues cease. long." That's a whole nother Bible study, but I'm going to tell you what tongues have not ceased. Not in the sense of what they're talking about. Uh, Listen, people still being baptized with the Holy Ghost. They're still being baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And the ones that are saying all tongues have ceased... Those are the very ones that ain't been baptized with the Holy Ghost. But the ones that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, they're going to tell you, look, I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me I ain't been baptized with the Holy Ghost. I know that I got that Holy Ghost. You're too late. You're too late to tell me I can't have it because I already got it. Amen and hallelujah. And so you've got to walk in the spirit in order to not fulfill the lust of the flesh because there is going to be the lust of the flesh if you don't walk in that spirit. Because God wants to be in control. You see, Jesus wants to be King Jesus. Do you understand? Jesus wants to be King Jesus of your life. He wants to be the King Jesus of your heart. That's what he wants to do. And so you've got to be full of the power of God. You've got to walk in the Spirit. You don't have room to walk in the flesh if you're going to be walking in the Spirit. You don't do half a half. No 99.5% ain't going to do You're going to have to do more than that You're going to have to 100% Be walking uh, with the Lord And allow that Holy Ghost to take over Verse 17 For the flesh lusteth against the spirit There's a battle going on And the spirit against the flesh And these are contrary one to the other So that ye cannot do the things that you would And so it's going to work either way If you're going to walk in this flesh Then you're not going to be able to To fulfill the things that are of the fruit of the Spirit. It is not possible. Because it says it's going to fight. It's going to fight. There's going to be a battle here. And you're not going to be able to do the things that you would. Well, it works the same way if you stay full of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're not going to be able to do the things that you used to do. Because the Holy Ghost is going to be so full inside of you. He's going to say, don't do that. You know where that led. You know how that went. You know that don't work. You know that is against my word. You know that is not true. You know that's a lie. And you see what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost is going to talk to you because you've been filled with the Spirit of God and you're full of God's Spirit. But And, and so if you do this, it will remove that problem of people having wicked imaginations and uh, uh, fulfilling them and walking in them and all that because God hates that. He don't like that. He don't want you doing that. He don't want me doing that. And then in verse 18 it says, now we're in chapter 5 of the book of Galatians, verse 18, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Did you hear what that said? If ye be led, you know what it means to be led by somebody? Did you ever play that game? You know, many years ago we played, uh, uh, Simon Says, uh, you know, and you start marching, and Simon says, raise your right hand. And you, Everybody raise your right hand. But you kept march, marching, and then whoever's the leader, and they said, raise your right hand. And they didn't say Simon says. Then that person was out because they raised their hand and they weren't supposed to because Simon didn't say. Now, I'm sure some of you remember that game. Well, walking with God is not a game. And what, what it says here, it says, but if you be led of the Spirit. You know what that means? You're going to have to let King Jesus lead because the spirit the bible makes it clear to us if you look in galatians chapter 4 and verse 6 you're going to find out that this is the spirit of god's son that's inside of us that's what it say I'm not kidding you I'm going to read it verse turn over to chapter 4 it's just one chapter over you your arm ain't going to hurt to turn the page come on And you say, well, I can't turn the page with that arm. Well, turn it with the other. If you can't do that, you you know, I've actually seen people that don't have no arms and they use their toes. And I've seen some people use their mouths. I've watched them. I've worked with people, you know, used to I was a caregiver in their homes and I've watched people do some amazing things without their limbs. Now, so turn that page or have somebody do it for you if you ain't got no way. But it says, chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit... And that's a capital S. It's talking about that Holy Ghost. And the Bible tells you there's but one spirit. The spirit of his son into your hearts crying out a father. And so you've got to be full of that spirit. The spirit of Jesus Christ. That Holy Ghost power. Staying full of it. You're not going to have room for evil imaginations to be worked out and planned out. And I've heard people. I've talked about that woman that wanted to kill her mother-in-law. I've talked about it quite a few times. Because it just astounded me when I heard it. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. This woman claimed to be a Christian. She said she was just going to go ask Jesus to forgive her after the woman was dead. And now she sits in prison. She got caught, and the mother-in-law's not dead. Well, I don't know if she is now, but that was several years ago. But, But I know this woman didn't kill her because she went to jail for planning out her murder. And she actually called on somebody. She didn't realize they were an undercover agent, and... And uh, and she told that person, she said, Well, I'm a Christian, but once the murder is over, once you kill her, I'll ask God to forgive me and everything will be all right. Yeah, I got news for you. You you can't plan things out like that and think you're right with God. God. God's not you ain't no child of God. Oh no, you got a wicked imagination. You got wicked plans up in your heart. And God ain't gonna God ain't gonna do. And Jesus Jesus made it clear, don't 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 make some candy man out of my Jesus. Jesus said, he said, there's going to be some people that are going to say, Lord, Lord, and I'm going to tell them, I don't even know you. He said, I don't even know you because of your iniquity. Iniquity is sin. Because they wouldn't live a repentant life. They just kept walking in their sin. Well, she said she was going to ask for forgiveness. But you've already planned something out that God hates. You can't sit there and use God. The Bible says God won't be mocked. You can't mock him. You can't play games with Jesus. And so, uh, you know, uh, he said, but if you be led of the Spirit, if you're led of the Spirit, the Spirit is not going to lead you to to do the thing that God hates, and that's planning out wicked imaginations. I mean, uh, God's, he's going to be so full inside you, you're not going to want to do that. And so it says, uh, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. So that means that if you're not led of the Spirit, you are going to be under the law. That's exactly what that means. And when you stand before God, there's two things that are there. One of them is the book, and that's the book of life. And then there's the books. And the reason why there's more than one, because it lists all of the same things that you did. All of your sin. It didn't leave nothing out. And the reason is because... You did not allow yourself to be led of the spirit and you were walking after the flesh so therefore you placed yourself under the law. And that's how you have to be judged is under the law. Now, if you don't want to be judged under the law then you're going to have to put yourself under the spirit of Jesus Christ and allow yourself to be led by the spirit. That's the mercy of God. That's the grace of God. Don't talk to me about the grace of God meaning you can just run around and sin and do whatever you want. That is not the grace of God. The Bible tells it very clearly and plainly. God forbid. Should we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That means God forbids it. But people want to play games with God. You better stop that. You better quit playing around with God because you're going to meet Him. Now, so you've got to be led of the Spirit. You're not under the law if you're led by the Spirit. And then verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. In other words, they're seen. You can see them. You can see them. And people will do things hidden for a while. We see all kinds of people coming out of the woodwork and you know, somebody got arrested and they said, oh, I just never knew. I never thought. Well, you never thought because they were hiding. But the Bible makes it very clear the things that are done in the dark are going to come to light. That's what the Bible says. And so it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these, adultery. Do I need to explain that? Don't sit there and tell me you're in a trouble And you're not committing adultery You're a liar You're a liar If you're in a truple Some people say what in the world is a trouble? I'm not kidding they, they exist now And that's where three people are literally In a romantic relationship together like a couple And they call it a truple mm-hmm. Or a thruple Maybe they don't call it a trouble, They call it a thruple Uh I don't care if it's a truffle truffle, whatever you want. It sounds like a, you know, what you call those, you know, those truffles? That can, it ain't no candy because it's going to send you, you take a bite of that, that's poisonous. It'll send you straight to hell because you, you're lying to yourself. You're, you're in an adulterous relationship. You say, well, David Bubba. don't talk to me about David. You don't even know how to rightly divide the Word of God. Don't talk to me about it, David. Because uh, I can go on and on about that one. Because the Bible makes it clear. Listen, their bodies weren't the temple of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. No, 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 no. The temple was, was literally a brick and mortar. There was a tent that followed them in the wilderness and all that. That was the temple there. But now... God demands repentance That's what the New Testament says Do you know that the law of grace is stricter Than the law of God under Moses And some people don't understand that It's the truth I'm telling you right now That the law of grace is stricter Than the law under Moses And if you don't believe that You ain't studied the word of God You're lying to yourself And you better quit playing around with God Amen and hallelujah And so The works of the flesh are the manifest of these adultery. Get out of them throuples. Stop acting like you're, I'm not, you know why I'm saying that? Because I heard a preacher say, yeah, I had a throuple that came to me that was in my church and they wanted to know if they could come to church and they'd say going to be right with the Lord. And I told them, well, I guess. You guess? Well, I guess you're going to hell with them too. I guess you're just gonna preach everybody into hell in your church and you're going to hell with them too. And the whole church, don't you smell the don't you smell the fire of hell already? Do you smell it? Huh? Do you smell it? Do you smell it like a fire? You better wake up and smell it. There ain't no such thing as any thruple's gonna make it to heaven. You're gonna die and go to hell is what's gonna happen. You gonna have to get it right. And so Adultery. Fornication. Now, you know what some people want to say? Oh, that means sex before marriage. No, you better look it up. Because it means all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it might include you be bopping, you know, when you ain't married. But uh, uh, but what the majority of those that word, If you look it up. It's talking about prostitution, whether it be male prostitutes, female prostitutes. If you got pornography on your phones, on your computers, uh, in your house, under your beds, wherever you got them hiding, I'm going to tell you what, you ain't hiding from God. God sees what you got. Mm-hmm. You can hide it all you want, baby. But I'm going to tell you what, one day you're going to make God and God's going to say, I know what this is, I saw it you better get it cleaned up, you better repent now before you meet God because you're going to meet him, everybody does we're all going to meet God, we're all going to meet him and I'm going to tell you what you want to get right with God now, you don't want to be lost you want to be right with God now before you take your last breath honey because when you take your last breath don't sit there and think you're going to turn into some kind of red bird or some other kind of animal walking around like you're going to be some kind of butterfly flying over i'm going no you're not the bible says it's pointed and man wants to die and then the judgment that's what the word of god says a uh, point and a man wants to die and then the judgment amen and hallelujah and that judgment is already laid out in the scripture and jesus has already told us about it Oh, yes, he did. Read about the rich man in hell. Jesus already talked about judgment. You better pay attention to the book of Revelation. You better look it up. You better find out who's going to be in that lake of fire, and you better make sure that you got yourself cleaned up. Oh, hallelujah. You say, well, you sound like i got to clean up before I get to God. I didn't say that. Why are you putting words in my mouth? You're a liar. That's not what I said. I said, you better be cleaned up. You better make sure you're cleaned up. How do you think you get cleaned up? You're going to have to repent. That's the first thing you got to do. Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. The first thing you need to do is repent. You don't see any of those prophets. Have you not read any of those prophets in the Old Testament? How many times they told them they need to repent and turn back to God? Huh? Have you not heard that? Have you not read in the New Testament the same thing? Hmm? Did you not see what Jesus told the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 26? Huh? Read the testimony that, that he's 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 telling. Matter of fact, I'm I'm gonna do it right now. Let's let's turn to Acts chapter uh chapter twenty six. Twenty six no, 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 no. Okay. This here chapter twenty six verses uh uh we'll go to thirteen and we'll go on down to like about twenty or er, no 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 verse eighteen. Now, he's before a a, a king because the Apostle Paul got arrested. And so he's standing before King Agrippa. And this is what he says. He said, uh, well, and he's trying to explain to him what he saw. He said, now, O king, he said, it was about midday, midday, verse 13. I saw in the way a light from heaven and above the brightness of the sun. It was above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me. And then they journeyed with me Verse 14 And when we were all fallen to the earth The power of God made them fall to the earth And I heard a voice speaking unto me And saying in the Hebrew tongue God began to speak to him in the Hebrew tongue And he said Saul, Saul That's before his name was changed to Paul He said why persecuteth me He said it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Because Paul was going around persecuting the church. And so the Lord said, because you're persecuting them, you're persecuting me because they're part of my body. All right? He said, I am Jesus who uh, who you're persecuting. Verse, pay attention to the next three verses. Hmm? Verse 16. But rise. this is what he says to Saul, and stand upon thy feet. Hmm? That's one thing the Lord said to me one day. He said, I want you to get up and go do what I said to do. And he said, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. And now he's going to tell him what the purpose is. He said, I've come to appear before you for a reason. Huh? You think listening to this preacher on here ain't got no reason or nothing for God to do for you? I'm telling you what, I am a Nobody. But I'm gonna be used and I'm gonna tell you right now, you better hear Jesus. Huh? It's not I'm not worried about you hearing me, but I tell you what, you better hear Jesus. That's what you, that's the one you better listen to. You better hear him. You better not turn his voice away. You better hear Jesus. And and, and so it says, For this person I've appeared to you. And then he said, To make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things. Which thou hast seen, he said, You're gonna go telling people you saw me. You saw me, you saw this vision, everything going on. And he said, And those things in which I will appear unto thee. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna show up again. And he said, I'm gonna tell you some things. He said, I'm gonna teach you. And then in verse seventeen it says, Delivering this is what Jesus keeps talking to Saul about. He said, You delivering. Thee from the people. He said, I'll I'll take care of you. You know, there's people that I need to be delivered from. There's people that just hate my guts. They don't like me. And, you know, I mean, I get it. Uh, You know, they don't like this kind of preaching and talking. They don't like it. A lot of people don't. Um, But he said, I'm going to deliver you from the people. And he said, from the Gentiles. All right. And he says unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness. That's what he's going to do. The apostle Paul. He said you're going to go. You're going to be a light to them. You're going to open their eyes. You're going to talk to them. They're going to be uh, uh, turned from uh, darkness to light. And then it says "And, and, and also from the power of Satan unto God. We're going to turn from Satan to the Lord. Amen. And that's what I'm hoping that this ministry would do. I I'm, I ain't here to make no money. I, look, I don't give a tootie fruity about... Making a damn off of nothing. I ain't got nothing Don't tell me about it I ain't got no money coming in from this And I probably never will Because some folks don't want to hear me They don't like what I'm saying So I'm sure there ain't going to be enough Like you know The 100,000 people following me and all that And then they're going to be making money And blah 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 I ain't got all that But I'll tell you what I'll do what God said And I'll be the voice And I'll do whatever the Lord say And I'm going to tell you what I'm hoping Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me out there? Somebody, somebody, somewhere is going to get their mind and heart turned around to Jesus. That's what matters to me. And if it's just one person, then so be it. Because that's one person straight out of hell into the hands of God. Hallelujah. And that is what matters. Should it not matter to every Christian? Absolutely it should matter to every Christian. Does it? I am beginning to wonder. Huh? Because so many people are so busy about their programs and not wanting to follow Jesus. They don't care about what God hates. Oh, no, 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 no. They don't care about that. I don't care what God hates. Why are you going to talk about the things that God hates? Because you need to know what God hates so that you understand what you should stay away from. Amen and hallelujah. Now, Jesus goes on and saying... This is the thing you're going to do, delivering me from the people. He said, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to deliver you from the Gentiles. That's what I'm going to do. Unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes. He said, I'm going to send you to open their eyes because you're going to be talking to them. You're going to be talking to them. And that Holy Ghost is going to be speaking through you and I'm going to use your mouth. He said, "You're going to their eyes are going to be open and they're going to turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to under God. Now, let's listen to what else Jesus says to him. Hmm? Listen. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. All right? They got to receive forgiveness of sins. And what else does it say? Lord, help me to see that. I got my glasses on. Lord, how did I mark that? All right. I'm going to have to get uh, another Bible. Hold on one second. I'm going to get another because I marked that one. Glory to God. I got another one right here. All right. I make notes in my Bible, and unfortunately, when I made the note over i want to read what exactly what it says i don't want to miss a word not one word all right so this is what jesus said all right this was more clear all right listen so it says i am jesus whom thou persecutest but rise and stand upon your feet for i have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness of both these things which thou hast seen and of those things which i will appear unto thee so he's going to keep on talking to him delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send. He said, I'm going to send you there, but I'll deliver you. He said, I'm going to send you there. And then it says, uh, uh, verse 18, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So you're going to you're gonna let them know they've got an inheritance coming. Those that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Are you sanctified by the faith in Jesus Christ? Do you have true faith in Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about like the devil does. You say, what do you mean? The devil don't have no faith? Oh, no, that's not true. Read the book of James. Read the book of James. Because the devil believes and trembles he has a form of faith he believes and he trembles do you know how many christians don't even tremble they don't even tremble at the why do you think there's so many of them they don't care about hearing about the works of the flesh they don't care about hearing about repentance I, i have a relative that goes to a church and she actually told me one time she said well we don't we don't talk they basically don't talk about repentance Oh, we just let the Lord deal with it. Well, that's not what the Bible tells you to do. The Bible tells you to talk about these things, to preach these things. And and, and so uh, you can see this with uh, the Apostle Paul's life as God's saying. He said, you're going to open their eyes and you're going to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and talk about the inheritance that they have coming. Listen, uh, we want to go to heaven, don't we? Amen. Don't you want to receive that new body that God has promised? Well, I'm going to tell you what. You ain't going to get do squat ditty if you don't put your faith in Jesus Christ. And if your faith is no different than the devil's, because read the book of James, you're going to find out. Read the whole book. It ain't that long. Read the book of James. And it's going to tell you that the devils believe and they tremble too. They've got a form of faith because they do believe because they've seen it. You have to remember those devils. Uh, listen, they were in heaven at one time. They weren't always the way they are now. But they are never going back. They were kicked out because they tried to rise up above God. And so those devils, they believe. They know Jesus really is alive. They know he rose from the dead. And they know that Jesus is God in flesh. They know who God is. And they tremble. Huh? They tremble. But they just don't obey. So what's the difference in you believing and you not obeying? You say you believe, but you don't obey. Well, I obey. No, you obey what you want. Isn't that right? Is that right, or is that wrong? Because we cannot. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm I'm asking you a question. It's it's a rhetorical question. You say, well, that means it don't deserve an answer. Well, it don't deserve an answer from me. It deserves an answer from you. You're the one that can speak that because I don't know about your life. I don't know what you're doing in the dark or not doing in the dark Hmm? you know away from people that are not Christian and you you act like you're a Christian and then and then in the dark you're not well that's not a Christian but I'm going to tell you what even though you do what you do in the dark and you claim to be a Christian in the light when you go to church I'm going to tell you something the devils see what you're doing do you understand the devils see you because you're in their camp If you're doing the works of the flesh while you pretend to be a Christian, one, you're not being led by the Spirit. You're being led by your flesh. And there's a sad, sad word here when you look in Galatians chapter 5 that talks about what the end of that is. And so you better get yourself straightened out because how do you know that you're not going to end up like, like I told you, one of my relatives, they were killed in a car wreck instantly. Their head was almost severed. In the accident so (laughs) how do you know what and and this was a it was a really what they call a freak accident you know it does not to this day doesn't make any sense my father is 38 years old and died of heart attack that doesn't make any sense now, it does when you look at certain things. Yeah, he was a bit overweight. A few things factor in and that kind of thing. But still never thought of him. You know, I mean, people just figured my dad was going to keep on living. My dad was actually building a house from, or was beginning to. He had drawn had the plans drawn up and was getting ready to build a house. But then he died. He was getting ready to build my mom uh, another home because the one that, we had was you know too small so but that didn't come to pass because he died and he didn't you know he just he was there one week and the next week he wasn't and and you know this back in the 60s and people you know they didn't like talking about death so i didn't know my dad died for like three years i had no idea they just said you know he went with jesus well i didn't quite understand that because i was only four years old when he died and so it wasn't until like three. Well, I was four years old, so it was eight. So actually, four years later, it took me four years. Uh, and then it dawned on me. It literally dawned on me because my mother kept visiting the grave, and I didn't quite. It took me a long time to. I guess I pushed it out of my head, but I didn't ask a lot of questions, or and whenever I did ask questions, they were brushed aside, pushed aside. So, uh, listen. Uh, you know, things can happen very quickly, very rapidly. I mean, I remember we this past summer, we were taking a little short trip, a daycation, and we decided to go into Houston and look at some things that uh, were there. Um, You know, they have some pretty interesting things you can look at. And uh, so we decided, well, we're going to go over there. They have gardens and just a zoo and just different things. And uh, so... We decided to go that way. Well, we're going down the freeway. And, of course, every time that I leave, I pray for God to protect us and a little bit. And the line started slowing down. Next thing you know, by the time we got up there, there were cars piled on top of each other. It was a massive, horrible accident. Uh, I mean, literally, piled like literally three cars deep on top of each other just crushing the ones underneath no way that people lived underneath um it was just horrible and it had just happened um it was just I'm sure very devastating to the families that got those phone calls um but they were traveling somewhere they were on their way somewhere they thought they were going to get wherever they were going and they didn't make it and then there were other ones that were part of the accident but they weren't in that pile but they had been hit and they were off to the side and on their phones and it was just a horrible, horrible time. But as I read this, listen, what the Lord told the Apostle Paul, this is something that the church has been given as well because we're given the ministry of reconciliation. But I ask you, what are you reconciled to? Are you reconciled to walk in the Spirit? Or are you reconciled to walk after the flesh? Because uh, you can't have it both ways. You, you know, I'm sure you've heard of that saying, you can't have the, your cake and eat it too, because you just can't do that. So I'm going to wrap this up. I've been here uh, for a bit of time. And I going to wrap this up, but I want to finish this um, here real quick in Galatians. Galatians chapter five. Let's finish this up. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, and we've talked a little bit about it, uncleanness. Let's see if it, And I'm gonna I'm gonna go into detail about these things on another uh, another platform. I will probably be talking about this in Bible study. Uh, uh, our youtube ministry called the Unique preacher and so if you want to click on there on a wednesday uh, you can uh, see this uh, walking in this spirit walking in the spirit as opposed to walking in the flesh you'll see something titled something similar to that And I may touch on some of it. I may even do a podcast or two or three because it might take a while to get through some of these to talk about these different words and what exactly they mean. Now, some people say, well, I already know. Well, some people may say that, but again, like I said, the word fornication goes way further than what people realize. It covers incest. It covers, um, you know, sex with animals. It covers um, adultery, prostitution, It's going to cover uh, pornography. Uh, I mean, just all of these things. Okay, so there's a lot involved there. Sexual sins, rape, um, molestation. Just, it's going to cover all that. All right, so uncleanness, lasciviousness. That's a, uh, you know, basically no self-control over your uh, sexual habits. Uh, And then there's idolatry. You know, we, we can have different types of idols. Just because you don't bow down to some kind of you know, thing that's made and you don't literally bow down to it doesn't mean you don't have an idol because people can make idols out of their relationships with others. So you could have an idol. Uh, witchcraft. A lot of people don't realize what all is involved. They say, well, I don't practice witchcraft. Well, uh, you may not practice witchcraft, but tell me, do you go to the Chinese restaurant and sit there and read those fortune cookies? Think about it. Do you do that? Because I can tell you right now, it's very much a part of that. Do you do you have tarot card readings? Do you have your palms read? Do you call up one of those psychics? All that has to do with that, and that's a work of the flesh, including the issue of witchcraft. It's a work of the flesh. It's not, uh, and and Satan is watching what you're doing, and there are demonic powers that move that kind of thing how do you think people know they don't know because god has told them anything they're going to lie to you the god that's told them is their god it's it's a devil that has told them anything if they do tell you anything most of them are phonies and fakes but there's a few that are moved by spirits and the bible even talks about that it talks about a woman that was moved by this and by the wicked spirits and and she was able to you know do what they call divination and uh but when she got saved Uh, that you know she no longer did those things there's idolatry witchcraft hatred okay you say well if hatred's a work of the flesh then how come god hates there's a whole different thing in god hating ungodliness and somebody hating a person Uh, and and that word uh there is translating that way is where you're hating other people okay and uh variants there's uh, Variants, emulations, those we'll touch on another time. Wrath, that's pretty, uh, this is where anger that is out of control. Strife, just people always want to argue. Seditions and heresies, that's talking about divisions and different things. But we'll go into more detail of it another time. Envyings, not hard to figure that out. Murders, not hard to figure that out. Drunkenness, revelings. Revelings, that's like partying. Uh, and such like, anything that's like it. Those are the works of the flesh. And these are things that God hates because it says, Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It ain't happening. It's not happening. So with... The close of this uh, podcast tonight, and with the thoughts uh, and the idea that we've been looking at of the very thing that God hates, with the thought in mind of you know people literally taking wicked imaginations, which come from the works of the flesh, the very things that we read. You know, our wicked imaginations they do come from our flesh. They come from these things that we. Uh, this list of things that we just talked about it comes out of that out of the inside of our heart so we have to allow the lord to take over and be led by the spirit so that those things do not control us that the spirit of god controls us instead and then you bear fruit from the lord if you are spirit led Uh, you will have this uh, spirit of love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust and if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit all right and so that is verses 22 through 25 of that same chapter of galatians chapter 5 so what i want to say to you and this is the mind and word that comes to me right now as I speak. Take inventory. Take inventory of your life. When you get the opportunity to hear this podcast and you listen. I realize some of my podcasts are long. And I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm done apologizing. I'm not going to apologize. Because, I you know, i got to get the word out. I've got to get the word out, and who listens? They listen. If they've got a hunger, they're going to listen. If they don't, then they don't. I mean, I'm not saying they got to listen to me, but what I'm what I mean is, if you've got a hunger to listen to God, you're going to find somebody that you're going to listen to that's going to feed your soul the true word of God and the whole word of God, not just part of it. You're gonna you're not going to be listening to preachers that are just they got a pretty little message. Oh, you come to Jesus and you're going to be wealthy. That's the biggest, fattest lie. Don't listen to that bunch of stupid nonsense or listening to preachers that say, God owes me. God don't owe you nothing. Nothing. You and I, if we have any type of attitude that bears something out like that, that God would owe you something, God don't owe you nothing. Nothing. You say, well, God has promised, and that's what I'm... You need to be careful with your language. You need to be very careful with your language because you sound very prideful as if you have, uh, you know, in the way you speak. I I watched the person that said it. I watched him, and I heard it because I'd heard about it, and I thought, did he really say that? And I went back, and I'm listening, and I'm watching him preach, and I'm listening to what he's saying. And then, you know, and you can see this... um, This, I won't be very careful what I say, but attitude that seemed very uncomfortable going along with what was being said. Because you and I, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now that doesn't mean that we just... Brood in our sin and we just are always beaten down or anything of the sort i mean certainly we've got to uh have conviction come over us to repent or otherwise we never would come to the lord we've got to have a, somebody telling us look your sin and put him on the cross you need to repent because if you don't repent you're going to die and go to hell you got to have somebody to tell you the truth and, and if there's, you know, no other preacher left on the face of this earth, they all want to talk all these foolish bunch of nonsense, and oh yeah, yeah. and they're driving around in a Rolls Royce or a $300,000 $300, sports car. I've got an issue with that. Or you're living in a multi-million dollar mansion. I've got an issue with that. i got a problem with that. You say, well, they made their money over blah, 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 blah. I don't care how you made your money. That I don't care. It has nothing to do with it. It's it's a problem with not balancing things out properly and living a modest life I mean I've said before I don't have a problem with a preacher living in a nice house I mean you can live in a nice home you can live in a beautiful home but why do you have to have a multi-million dollar mansion full of all kinds of very expensive furniture I mean extremely expensive furniture and wearing extremely expensive jewelry now we ourselves apostolics we don't we don't go down the road of wearing jewelry but what i'm saying is for those of you that do and you call yourself a preacher i'm wondering why it is that you're wearing a rolex watch and you call yourself a preacher you ain't got no business doing that now i know you don't like what i'm saying but you ain't got no business uh not as a preacher you don't now if you want to go sell cars and you want to look like you're a success then i get that You say, well, we got to show. Don't give me that bunch of nonsense. You ain't got to show nothing. You're a liar and a false prophet. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're a liar and a false prophet. You ain't got to show nothing. Nothing. Don't tell me you got to show a Rolex for people to know you're a success. That's a lie from Satan. From the devil himself. Do you hear me? It's a lie from the devil himself. And you better back yourself out of that. Did you hear know what I'm saying? There ain't no reason why you can't buy a Timex or whatever other. You know, there's some nice ones that are not super expensive. I mean, that, you know, might cost $60, $70, maybe 100 bucks at the most. That you can depend on a really good price. Watch, but a Rolex, thousands of dollars, full of diamonds. I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars. It's ridiculous. There's no excuse for that. No excuse whatsoever. Well, I don't know why I got off on that, but anyhow, you better repent. If you will call yourself a minister, otherwise, get out of the pulpit and go do something else. And so, with that said, I love you, but you need to repent. You need to turn around. So, with all that said, my friends, we're going to be done with, you know, the things that God hates about, um, you know, this wicked imagination getting out of hand and taking hold. Let's see what God actually says here. And let's finish that uh, portion up. Alright, so it says here, verse 18, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Preachers, if you ain't never heard that it's wicked for you to do the things I just mentioned, I'm going to tell you it's wicked. Hmm? When you pull your Rolls Royce, up into your garage of your multi-million dollar mansion with your diamonds on your hand and your Rolex watch on your wrist, you're walking in evil. You're walking in ungodliness. It's a wicked imagination that's got a hold of your heart. And you know what the sad thing is? Is you're teaching people that. And they think that's Christianity. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a false prophet. Can God receive you? Sure he could. If you turn around and repent of your false teachings, your lies... Get that Rolex watch off of your arm, off of your wrist. Get those diamonds off of your fingers. Hmm? Get those expensive two and $3,000 shoes off of your feet. Don't tell me you can't go find a nice pair of shoes for $150. That's still expensive, but you know, it's a decent pair of shoes. Why you got to spend 2500 3000 $4,000 for a pair of shoes? Ah! Wicked imaginations. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Oh yes, it's a wicked imagination that's got a hold of you. And you don't like hearing this preacher say that because you think it's right. Well, you know what? The things in our eyes Envyings did you not hear that work of the flesh? Why did you envy after a Rolls Royce? Why did you envy after something that you full well know the average person couldn't drive? Hmm? What for? Want to show it off? Don't tell me you bought that Rolls Royce because it's the uh, uh, finest car made. You know what? If you could see me gagging, that's me gagging. You're lying to yourself first sale sign on that rolls royce put a for sale sign on that three hundred thousand dollar sports car find yourself somewhere else to live instead of a multi-million dollar mansion with twelve thousand square feet you don't need all that ten thousand square feet what's the difference it's just you and your wife why you need all that you know you don't need all that you don't need all that space and don't tell me oh it belonged to the church well, then the church needs to sell it and do something else. What are they doing with a multi-million dollar mansion? don't make no sense. Oh, well, they're shacking up their preacher. Uh, that's what they're doing. Shacking up their preacher. Uh-huh. You better get right. Wicked imaginations have taken over. You better repent. Because we all are going to meet the Lord. You say, who are you to talk to me? Hmm. You know the Lord can take away whatever you got. Sure enough. Yes, sir. I ain't got a problem with you living in a nice house. I ain't got a problem with you driving a nice car. You could get a nice car. Why is it that you can't go buy a car? Because honest let's let's be real. You could buy a really nice car for like sixty, seventy thousand dollars. I'm not kidding, you really could. A really super nice car. Or you could buy one like, you know, between 50 and 60, still a decent car. I mean, that's like expensive already. But I mean, cars have went up, so you know, anywhere from 60 to 70,000 dollars, you could buy a decent car. Why in the world do you have to have a car that's like 150,000 at, at least at the least, like 125 to 150,000 dollars? all the way up to over three hundred thousand dollars and more. Why? What purpose does it serve? And don't give me a serves a holy purpose because it does not. That's that lying imagination, that wickedness inside that tells you, Hey, this is okay. We'll just tell the lie that it's just fine and we'll tell everybody, we need to look like a success because we follow Jesus. That's the devil talking to you. And you better you better listen to the Lord. You better hear him. You better turn. You better quit playing around with Jesus because you've been playing around too long and you better turn. Now, you can, you, you can go buy three cars for the price you pay to that Rolls Royce. You ain't got no business as a preacher driving around in a Rolls Royce. That's absolutely a shame. All right, I'm done. I'm going to shut my mouth now. And so, Lord, help us all. Help us to all, you know, live a life of holiness and live a life uh, humbly to God. You say, well, you don't sound too humble. Listen, the Lord told me what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do. And I fought him for a long time. Because the Lord told me, he says, you're going to point certain things out. You're going to speak. And you're going to talk to to, to even ministers. And and I fought that. I didn't even want to do it. I kept telling the Lord for years and years. And the more I fought him, the worse it got. And so finally I gave in. And I said, fine, Lord. I'm going to do what you said. And so I'm going to do. And he told me not to be afraid of your faces. So I ain't going to be afraid of your faces. i just got to do. And... I'm hoping, I really do. I'm, I'm. I say this with all my heart. I hope that some of you gonna listen and you are gonna hear, and you are gonna repent and you are gonna go do something. Go sell that Rolls Royce and repent. Go to the altar and repent. And and buy you know buy yourself a decent car. Buy yourself a nice car. But you don't have to buy something that costs three and four hundred thousand dollars. Ain't no sense in that. Not at all. All right. You know, because one day you're going to have the most beautiful place to live, the most wonderful life to live. Not only in in heaven, but there's a new earth God's going to give. You're going to have a new body. And, And lusting after the things of this world that that the world says is a word of success you've bought into that lie Satan's convinced you and then what do you think what do you think the devil did to Mama Eve in the garden I call her Mama Eve and Daddy Adam huh didn't he fool her I mean he didn't he just kind of twisted what God said didn't he and you don't think that's what you're doing You better think again. All right, so with that said, I'm out. I love y'all. I'm encouraging you to see, um, you know, Google our um, preaching uh, ministry that we have, the Unique Preacher. And again, that's spelled E-U-N-U-C-H, the Unique Preacher, done by J.W. Brand. Um, And it's downloaded on Wednesdays and Saturdays. and I encourage you to just continue to listen to this podcast if you want to. I know most people they're going they're going to look at how long the podcasts are and they're just going to turn the other way. That's fine. But somebody, I hope somebody's going to get a hold and listen. I really do, and I really hope that it's going to it's going to help to change a life, not because of what I've said, but because of what the Word of God says. What I've told you that the Word of God says. Huh? And we'll talk more about this. Uh, this this thing that people have about wanting to be rich—we'll talk about that—and and wanting to preach about it and try to, you know, make people think it's all right for you to buy a sixty million dollar jet. You're a liar and a false prophet. You're just a liar and a false prophet. I, I don't know why there's not enough preachers that are preaching and telling you you're a liar and a false prophet. Why? Why are they not there? I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway. I'm going to go do what I got to do and relax. And I'm hoping that y'all have a blessed evening. I love y'all. God bless you. I'm out.